Welcome to Where the Lotus Grows, Getting Dirty and Growing Strong with Kimberly Searle and Tanya Drew. As integrative sustainable movement educators and health advocates, our goal is to provide you with evidence-based information gathered from research, experts in the field, and our personal and professional experience to help you advocate for your own health and wellness. Our mission is to collaboratively navigate the thick, muddy waters of life to empower, accept, and cultivate our most authentic selves. Hi, Courageitarians. Welcome back. Today, we'd like to give a highlight to Maggie M., who left us an informative, informative and inspirational um, review on iTunes. So Maggie M. writes, Kim and Tanya have a wealth of knowledge to share both holistically and practically. I just love how down to earth they are. If you love science, they have the facts. And if you are more of a creative mind, they offer the information in an approachable and accessible way. The perfect listen from my drive to work. And I can't wait to hear more. Thank you, Maggie M. Thank you, Maggie M. That was awesome. And of course, we love to hear feedback. So if anybody else wants to leave a review or rate us on iTunes, we will read your review on on the air in the morning when we get, you know what I mean. I think uh, the winter weather might be getting to just a smidge. I definitely meant to say at the beginning of the podcast. How about that? (laughs) Today we're going to talk about how to let your energy grow and flow. And uh, going to Morocco is on my bucket list. It's a place that I would love to visit. And there is an Ayurvedic resort called Salama. And Morocco. And the owner there uh, has said that the most valuable secret of vitality is found in your own body and that their mission in life is um, to do anything to help people realize that dream. And I thought, wow, wouldn't that be a cool place to go? And what a great, what a great philosophy, right? To find Mm -hmm. your mission in life and do anything to realize that dream. And I kind of feel like I've been over the last decade uh, trying to sort that out for myself, you know, first to find out what was my passion and purpose in life. And then, um, you know, what was I willing to do to help realize that dream? Right. Do you feel like, um, and I know a lot, I I think this is kind of how we're going to cover things today, but um when you start to touch on things that, that are meant for you, you do you know what I mean? Like things just start to, to kind of fall into place. It's easier, right? I mean, sometimes if I feel like I'm struggling too much, I have to back off and say, like, why am I trying to put a square peg in a round hole? Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's that letting go of the attachment of what you, how you think things should be. And, um, kind of stepping back and it's not that you're not putting any action or effort in, but um, perhaps maybe you were forcing it in the wrong direction. Right. Well, I was just thinking, you know what I mean? To find your mission and do anything to realize that dream. Like if um, on the path to kind of finding that, because I think that this happens to a lot of us, um, 
And, and some people are very blessed to know what their dream is from very early on. You know, people who have a passion for something and they, you know, they're three years old and they knew they wanted to be a doctor or an actress or, you know, whatever it was. Um, but I think for, for me anyway, and I, I think for many people, um, coming to realize what that, what your mission in life is takes some time and maybe takes a lot of figuring out what's not your mission first mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to kind of guide you in that direction. But I guess what I was, I was trying to say is, do you feel like um, even if it's incrementally little pieces, to kind of fill in a section, then other pieces start to fall into place a little easier or like the path opens up just a little bit to, I don't know what I'm trying to say, (laughs) (laughs) just as far as like the pieces kind of fall into place. When you know that when you are on the right path, then it seems like the next little piece comes and to trust in that. And it, yeah, and I think it shows, it presents itself to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, as long as you're open to the opportunity of it being there. Right. Yeah. Um, so the closer, uh, I, to, like for me, I did the um, Ron Stryker, The Four Desires. Mm-hmm. And I spent uh, probably a good year, and I still go back to it, really going through his work on that. And that helped me really, um, determine kind of the path that I wanted and my, my purpose and what that might look like. It helped me get closer to my true self. And so, you know, one thing that amazes me is that, you know, when I'm teaching my clients, I used to say, you know, all I get people to do is breathe really. But if you get people to breathe, um, to move, you know, unintentionally the client turns to me, it turns it into a spiritual journey. So sometimes I think that uh, we're craving some sort of spirituality in our life. Mm -hmm. And while I'm not necessarily teaching spirituality, I'm teaching people about breath, about stillness, about movement, you know, they begin to turn it into a spiritual journey for themselves, which is great, you know, because I I helped guide them um, closer to their true selves do you find that that happens with you when you're teaching? I do. I, 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 um, in particular, like some people do come to me, I I think because I often, um, my clientele is, it's about 50, 50, but I do deal with a little bit of, of mental health related issues and using yoga therapy for mental health. And that is always, inevitable that some sort of spiritual component comes into it and it doesn't have to be um big g god (laughs) but just you know uh the self and doing some work and um uh, something greater than you right Mm -hmm. um so that happens but what you're saying because you do deal a little bit more physical bodies inevitably when i deal with people um, who come to me. Then we do end up in, on a more spiritual path. 
Yeah. And I think oftentimes like they'll come up to me with tears in their eyes and embrace me. And they'll say, you know, I knew this is where I was meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, and I feel like it's finding a quiet place that's physically and emotionally safe for people to, to allow them to grow naturally. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're supporting my passion, but I'm also supporting their path to their own awareness. Um, absolutely. Well, and I think um, many people don't, I mean, we, we are very hyper aware of the connection between mind and body and between, you know, what's going on physically and what's going on emotionally and spiritually and that it's all interconnected. But a lot of people don't um, connect, make those connections when they come in and they're like, oh, I have a, you know, I hurt my knee or I've got a rotator cuff injury or, <laughs> you know, all of those things. They come in with, I have this physical thing that I want to work with, or even I want to lose weight or get stronger or, and um, it takes a whole, having that um, safe space, that container where it's like, oh, do you, re-? and once they start to feel in their body, then, you know, our job is, you know, what are the thoughts and emotions and sensations that come up mm-hmm. there in that yeah. space? Yeah, I feel like, um, you know, it ends up being a communication of the hearts, right? Mm-hmm. And when you're on the right path, you can feel through your whole body and it gives ourselves times to, um, to be still. I, I feel like, you know, everybody has earbuds in now. And so mm-hmm. we always have this this sound or this noise, but really it's the stillness that allows for the magic of our inner wisdom uh, mm-hmm. to present itself. Stillness and quiet, yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the heart, um, and, and I just want to say, along with that, when you were talking about earbuds and, and that kind of thing, I think as a, a society, we really value intellectual um, thinking and, and um, we're really in our heads. So everything is, is up top. And I, I love that you just spent in, in thinking about putting earbuds in, even that's in your head. <laughs> and the sound <laughs> comes in your head and all of the stimulation comes in, you know, through your ears and your eyes and your nose and everything's in your head. And um, I think we've, we put a lot of value on the head and, and I'm not saying that that's bad. It's, it's certainly important. Our brain is there. That's, you know, where um, a, a big portion of who we are lives. But there's also the heart. And if that heart's not beating, we're not living. You know? So just that idea of um, maybe bringing it down. Getting still and getting quiet means coming maybe down from that a little into the heart. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I sometimes people really can't sit with that stillness. You know, even for like a minute, I'll start to see some people's hands start to tap the floor. You know, they'll start Mm -hmm. rotating like they're bored or um, anxiety comes up with that stillness. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's really interesting, you know, in the the far other extreme is people who only live in their bodies and never in their head. And then they don't want to, you know, stop moving uh, to sit there and to uh, evaluate what might be going on. You know, they're afraid that if they go there, they may never come back. Right. Um, and so it's really interesting to see the two extremes and then to see them slowly when they give themselves permission 
to start this practice that is very difficult um, to come into the center and how that helps them grow and how they do find more flow in their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So when you sit down to, to meditate, um, has it become kind of a compulsory uh, routine for you or are you able to, you know, sometimes still allow it to be open to, to what's happening? To let it personally, yeah. Um, so well, what's interesting as I was um thinking about this topic this morning because I did do just a really mini meditation before we got online with this chat. Um, because I have been really practicing from advice from my awesome therapist to draw that uh energy down to the heart and and sit with it. Um, and, and as we were talking about this, sometimes I am guilty of that. Sometimes it is just to oh, gotta get the meditation out of the way. So I'm going to go do my, you know, six minutes, whatever I can fit in. Um, but other times I really value, you know, the Lasters um, through experiential anatomy suggests the 20 minute meditation or the 20 minute Shavasana <laughs> because it takes that long. It takes the first 15 minutes to really get yourself to completely relax and get, mm-hmm. um, let go of everything else. And um, I did that for a month last year and it was really powerful and I, I should have done it in January this year and I didn't. So maybe I need to revisit that. Um, but yeah, sitting down and um, making it, and I do do this pretty regularly. It just takes longer sometimes to get to that, that space. And when it's available to me, certainly sitting down for six minutes, if that's all that I have, and just going through the routine of it is helpful. It is because it's building the habit. It's making sure that I, you know, um, take the time and set it aside for myself. And certainly getting quiet is important but it is a little harder. And when I can spend more time with it, and I'm definitely aware of that, um, you know, sometimes it just takes longer. And sometimes I'm sitting there for a half an hour, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, getting to that point where I feel like I've let go and instead can kind of tap into that inner voice, you know? How about you? Yeah, I feel like I need the 20 to um, 30 minutes is kind of my sweet spot. And Mm -hmm. that um, that Shavasana state is so lovely. Like like I notice a difference in my energy. So, for example, um, I've been uh, ill the last six days. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't really meditating. I was just kind of laying there. And I did do a couple of times, you know, the hand on the heart and belly and really focused more on a breath meditation, Mm -hmm. Um, but not my typical, you know, get myself cozy in a Shavasana pose and, you know, get into my inner voice and, and, or do a yoga nidra with it. But, um, when I, when I am in that routine, you know, it really allows more of my inner voice to come. And, and I feel like then throughout my day, there's more love that, that shines through 
my being with peace. And then, you know, that is rippled out into the clients that I touch uh, mm-hmm. versus, you know, this week I've come back and, you know, I'm just trying to make it through the day and, and not be too fatigued, um, you know, as I'm recovering. And so I notice that I'm a little, um, a little more antsy in my own being, you know, not mm-hmm. as settled or as grounded as what I normally am. Right. But then do you think happened. that that's, do you think that that's because you, you're willing yourself to feel better? <laughs> like you want to be, <laughs> you want to be better than you actually feel. And so you're kind of like, when is this going to be done? <laughs> Probably because, you know, yesterday we had a snow day. So I took a four hour nap. And nice. then this morning I had said to Nick, I said, we will get back to our normal energy level soon, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like that is coming, isn't it? <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, and so it's, um, you know, the universe giving me an even extra slowdown, right? That's, that's difficult to, for me to let go and, and to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I always say I'm not a very good sick person. <laughs> right. I, I am not either. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, I need this to be done. <laughs> but yeah. it, it reminds me of my humanity. Mm-hmm. Well, my, my mom always says that to me. Like if I, when I get sick or when I'm out for a period of time, or even I think, you know, even when I've had an injury, it's been, um, you know, she'll say, well, that's the universe telling you you need to slow down. <laughs> And I was like, thanks, mom. (laughs) Yeah. But it's true um, to a certain extent that, yeah, you just have to accept and heal. Um, You know, I I recently um, gave birth uh, three months ago. And that process um, is my second child. And the process of recuperation afterwards was very different for me than from my first. And my midwife was like, okay, you need to take two solid weeks. First week, you need to stay in bed, you know, and really give yourself like that in our culture isn't something that we do, you know, everybody's like, well, having a baby is, you know, a part of life and you guys just gotta get right back into it. And really, whether your birth was, uh, labor was 24 hours or whether it was three hours, there's your body went through a physical trauma. It ran a marathon or two or three (laughs) (laughs) and you need to recuperate from that. And the way that my midwife put it was, she was like, I don't want you just feeling okay. Three weeks after giving birth, I want you to feel like a million bucks. And Mm -hmm. so I listened to her and it was really hard. And again, my mom knowing me the best was like, you're not going to be able to do it. You're not going to be able to stay in bed. You're not going to be able to let people, you know, wait on you and help you and take care of you. And, um, I did my best and I, I really think that it made a difference. And I think the next time that I am unwell in any way, I need to remember that too. But like you, I have the tendency to be like, okay, when is this <laughs> going to be over? I need to, I have things to do this, this cold or this illness or whatever is in my way. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, when I talk about daily rituals and how it allows me to learn and listen more to my inner voice, I also want to make sure that, you know, it's not that the ritual isn't so rigid. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there's still flexibility um, in there. So, for example, we were just talking about meditation and, um, you know, it's not like 
I always have to do a progressive muscle release, or I always have to do a yoga nidra, or I always have to have someone talking to me versus it just being silence. I think that, you know, you allow yourself to be open and to ask yourself that day, you know, what, what type of meditation is best going to suit me? Is it a walking meditation outside? Is it laying down? Is it sitting? And, and not to be so rigid with the ritual, but enough, you know, just enough to make the appointment with yourself. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And for, for me, my life is a little um, chaotic to say that is kind of laughable. It's very chaotic. Um, and for me, it's just getting the time in. So oftentimes, like I said, I do, I have found myself phoning it in and being like, I just need to sit for the six minutes to get, check it off the list. Um, so I am guilty of it, but I found that, um, if I don't, then it's even more detrimental, (laughs) but at the same time, it's not so structured that it's like every morning at five 30, I am doing this thing. Mm-hmm. So yes, I do accept that. Um, for me, it, it it usually is just being um, alone <laughs> is the key for me. <laughs> um, and sometimes that is just six minutes. Sometimes I have to, you know, shut the bathroom door and pretend I'm doing something else when I'm really <laughs> just in there meditating for a minute, <laughs> um, <laughs> so that people will respect some boundaries. Um, that's what happens when you have kids. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, like you said, I, I certainly respect as well that sometimes it's movement. Sometimes it's, it's quiet. Sometimes it's, um, you know, taking an extra lap around the grocery store, really. Mm-hmm. So. I think letting go is the hardest thing, but mm-hmm. if you dare to leap, you know, the light will shine again and, and you'll be able to find that peace. I like to visualize one of my favorite things that helps me to do this, especially when things are frazzled and maybe I'm hiding in the bathroom, (laughs) Um, (laughs) is is to think of an onion and there are many layers and letting go is just kind of peeling off a layer or two and and leaving that behind because maybe that first layer there is a little beaten up or a little dry and scaly or whatever it is, you just peel that off and leave that and that fresh new layers underneath. And that's I what that. I like to come out as, you know, when I, when I walk out of the bathroom, <laughs> <laughs> when I uh, left that crusty layer in the compost bin and I have come out, you know, or the snake's shedding its skin, you know, kind of just uh, letting go. I think we've, We've talked about meditation. When you're in the shower, you can wash it off. Um, but, you know, just finding a renewed energy when you come out. Yeah, and lately I've been, uh, when I, like, like I said, I was doing more breath, right, the last six weeks or six mm-hmm. days. And um, I would inhale in and then find the discomfort on the exhale and let it go and breathe and let the exhale come from the discomfort. And I really like that because I feel like it does help um, the mind with that letting go process. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because uh, we've heard uh, Mary Richards say, you know, yoga is the conscious choice of the difficult. 
And it's really about learning to take into account the full measure of who you are and then to leap into your desires with a positive force. I love that. That's nice. So even though, um, just to kind of tie this up, because I didn't realize that we were so close to being done as we were having such a joyous conversation, um, the conscious choice of the difficult, I, I think, is profound in many ways. Um, and I could, I could delve deep into that <laughs> from, from many different <laughs> angles, too. Um, but instead, I'm going to tie it back into kind of what we've been talking about this whole time. Um, you know, the true self, what's inside, uh, and moving from head to heart. Because that's, that's what I've been working with a lot more lately. And I think that that allows you to, to walk out refreshed and renewed and um, more in touch with that part of the self is when you, you sink in and you really, you really come from the heart, from love, from compassion for yourself, for your fellow man, for your situation, um, you know, the conscious dealing with the difficult. And I think that that's one of the best ways that you can do that is, is through love. Absolutely. Finding your heartbeat, placing your hand on your left, your left hand on your heart and your right hand on your belly is just 10 seconds that brings you back to your center. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, thank you, Kim. This is a lovely topic this, this morning. So we hope that you, the listeners, enjoyed it too. Follow us on all of the social media platforms where the Lotus grows. And if you'd like to give any feedback on this or any of our other podcasts, you can email us at info where the Lotus grows. And um, of course, leave a comment or some feedback on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform, and we will read it on the air. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to Where the Lotus Grows. Join us in further conversations. We believe that you bring valuable knowledge to this community. You can find us at wherethelotusgrows.com, Where the Lotus Grows on Instagram and Facebook, or Twitter, Where the Lotus G1, because we were not on top of that one. Remember that though we are professionals in our field, the topics discussed and or advice given is general information and not intended to treat or diagnose. Please seek the guidance of a medical, integrative health, bodywork, or yoga therapy professional for a full evaluation. If you like what you hear, please take the time to rate us on iTunes or your preferred podcast platform.